We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. Hi, I'm Yui Shu. And I'm Julie Kraftchik. We're active daters turned dating sociologists. Here to dive into everything modern dating and relationships. Welcome. Welcome to the Dateable Podcast. Hello, our dateable friends, our dateable family, our dateable posse. We're so happy to have you back for a special episode. Now, every episode is special, but this one's extra special. <laughs> Because we're taking you into a behind-the-scenes look at our show exit interview. The full season is out there for you to binge on. It's in the world. We've released it. It's all there. I think this project is near and dear to us because I don't know about you, UA, but when I was dating, I was always thinking, what is going on in the minds of others? What is that reason that I didn't get the text back? Mm. Or they didn't ask me on the second date? Was it something I did? Was it something going on in their lives? We really have no idea with so many people that we're dating, what's up with them. No. So I think this is such a unique experience. And I'm so glad we were able to do it with more people because when we did it with Jason, right. it was so eye-opening at just how many misunderstandings there were. And we've seen that before when we've done these social experiments, even outside of exit interview, like when we send people on a blind date. It's like one person's perception is completely different. We always are like, did you guys go on the same date? Because we look at the world through our own lens, so there are just infinite ways to interpret mm -hmm. someone's words, someone's actions. Why does someone do this? What are their motives? And if we keep spinning our wheels trying to guess what other people are trying to say to us, we're going to get nowhere because then we end up just echoing all the insecurities we have mm -hmm. in our mind. But if we get it from the source, the person you're wondering about, then you can just kind of put that to bed and say, oh, Okay, now I know what their motives were. So we did that for 10 courageous daters on the exit interview. Brave souls. <laughs> if you haven't had a chance to listen or don't know much about the show, just a recap. It's a separate show from Dateable. It's a limited series that we did in conjunction with iHeart. Every episode featured a different dater and we would interview their exes, former flames, former crushes, sometimes their friends about what went wrong so now they can move on with their lives and find the love lives that they want. And the daters range anything from a single mom 
mom, to someone understanding her sexuality, to someone who's never been on a date before or claims that he's never been on a date before. <laughs> debunked. We went through the whole <laughs> gamut, right, of who are the daters and why they think they can't find the love life that they want. And all of them walked away with takeaways that they never thought they could have if we didn't interview their exes. And I know this sounds really scary to people. I'm still unsure if I would do this myself. It is terrifying. <laughs> so I think the fear is you're going to get all this feedback that's like, oh, you're undateable. You're not someone that can date. But right. that really wasn't what we saw at all. I'm not saying spoilers, but I think like people can go in thinking this is actually going to be helpful and hopeful. When we reconnected with a lot of the daters, they had this like pep in their step that they did not have before doing this. Right. So yes, I think that we always think that when we get feedback, it's going to be like something that's, you know, core to who we are as a person or something wrong with us. But that really isn't the case. The idea is to see patterns. And sometimes it's just, quite frankly, the people we're picking. But a lot of times it's the way we're showing up that's really not who we are in life. Or it's communication or it's something going on mm -hmm. that we have like this date persona, but not the real self is coming through. So there's so many reasons that are actually not representative of who we are to the core in any way. I mean, that's like almost every day, right? Because this is why we're so afraid of feedback is because we're afraid of it confirming our deepest, darkest insecurities. Yeah. If you're struggling with the way you look and you don't want to get feedback because you think it's going to confirm exactly all the bad things you're saying to yourself. And what we learned from the exit interview is none of those insecurities were confirmed. In fact, mm -hmm. all it was was just miscommunication. Like, for example, Tia is one of them. She was our resident cool girl syndrome. <laughs> and she was wondering why all these people she dated didn't want anything more serious. And everybody we interviewed, they said, I would have if she asked for it or if she even brought it up. Yeah. But she never even brought it up. Like, how crazy is that? She spent all these years thinking, I'm just not girlfriend material. Yeah. I'm not relationship material. Just to chalk it up to miscommunication, not bringing up your needs. Yeah. Or the way that she was being perceived was that she wasn't looking for something serious at all. Yes. Yes. So fascinating. I mean, I admit feedback is hard. It's a struggle for me. I think especially if you're perfectionist mentality, if you have like a worthiness wound, which I do, I think sometimes it can be hard to hear certain things. But what I found too is even if my immediate reaction is to react, if I like sit with it for a little, mm -hmm. then I'm like, oh, this actually is helpful. This actually is a good idea. Doesn't mean that what I did was bad or wrong or I'm not good enough. It's just helping to build to a better you or whatever you're putting out there. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to go against our knee-jerk reaction, but feedback really is such a gift if you're willing to hear it. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I feel like feedback just elicits this offensive way of behavior where you're yeah. like, ah, oh, I got to defend myself. Yes. And I have to prove that I'm right and they're wrong. But it's not about that. Feedback is about bringing people closer towards a similar goal. And we hear that time and time again on exit interview is the feedback here is to help you. Mm -hmm. Nobody said anything that was so petty where you're like, was that feedback really necessary? The people who do give you petty feedback, 
then you know that, thank God you're not together. You dodged a bullet. This is not the right person for you. Yeah, I was reading somewhere. I think it actually is the word feedback. You're right. It does bring this defensiveness where if you ask for advice, then it's someone collaborating with you and trying to help. Mm, So instead of saying like, can I get feedback on my dating profile, someone's going to tear it apart, right? Can I get advice to make it better? Mm-hmm. Then they might be giving you the exact same quote unquote feedback, but you're going to take it in a totally different way. Yeah, definitely. I just went through 360 reviews at work, but it's very formulaic the way you give feedback. Mm-hmm. You first start with what they're doing right. Yep. And then you go into what feedback do you have for me as your manager? What can I do better? So then it immediately puts her guards down mm-hmm. and then you give them like the actual feedback. <laughs> and I think in relationships, we can kind of do the same. Always come from a place of love yeah. when giving feedback. And but then it's reciprocal. If you can give feedback, you should be able to take that feedback. Okay, be prepared for it. I actually think the exit interview is so pivotal in dating and more people should be doing these even if they're not on our show. Yes. Because when you think about it, a relationship, all you're doing is giving feedback. Right. But you have to do it live. You can't just like get it. (laughs) (laughs) And you have to basically formulate it in what you were saying, right? In the way you say it. It's really tough. You have to separate your emotions, disconnect from your knee-jerk reactions, and really receive it. But damn, it's a it's a hard skill it really to is. master. <laughs> but you know what? Our ten daters went through it. We're hoping for a second season, yeah. right? Get more of y'all through this process. Yeah. And you and I were curious of if you were to do a hypothetical exit interview, what feedback would you want to hear? Uh-huh. What would you want to know from that ex or situationship? Or yeah. maybe it was a first date that you thought went really freaking well and you never heard from them again. Yep. Whatever the situation, what would you like to know? I want to read a few of the ones we got in because there were definitely some good ones. It was hard to pick Fun. just a few to be honest, but these ones definitely stood out. It's fun when it's hypothetical because you're like, okay, at least I don't have to really ask for the feedback. Oh, exactly. You're like, I can ask anything. (laughs) Could I have done anything differently to make you stay? Yeah. There were a lot of those that came through. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. Here's a good one. Why did you ghost me so abruptly after seven months in so many plants for the future? Oh, damn. It's very specific. Yeah. Ghosting after seven months? That's brutal. (laughs) (sighs) That's bullshit. That person better be dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) that's just bad. Like, not wishing bad things on you, but we kind of hope you're in the hospital if we don't hear from you for seven months. Yeah, you have amnesia or like, yeah, you're debilitated somehow because there's no excuse for something like that. That's just so cowardly. There's no way we would have got that person on exit interview if they're not even willing to talk to you. Oh, I know. No way in hell. (laughs) What would you want to know, Julie, from your exes? What would I want to know? Huh. Trying to think because I feel like with probably the most important ex, I feel like I did flesh out a lot of this. So I kind of know what he would say. I'd probably want to think about it more as a pattern, less about like a specific instance, because Mm. I think I've accepted significant exes I had, like those weren't going to work out. Mm -hmm. So I'd probably want to know what people thought were kind of the quality that stood out the most to them of what I could give to a relationship Mm -hmm. just so I could like know you know what was helpful to people along the way 
And then also, if there was anything that they felt like detracted from our connection, Mm -hmm. did they ever feel that I did things that impacted how they viewed themselves or anything that I might have done without realizing? Mm Because I wouldn't want to do that in the future. So I guess my answer would be anything that I could apply to my future relationship by learning from the past. How very mature and productive of you to think in that way. I get a little petty. I'm like, if I didn't end the relationship first, do you think that you you would have wanted something more? There were so many. I was such a Tia back then. I cut off relationships before they could really turn into anything. But now I constantly wonder if I didn't preemptively end it, do you think you would have wanted to pursue something more? That's question number one. (laughs) Question number two would have been like, was there anything I did that was super annoying that you just couldn't say to my face? I like to know, right? Like if there's pattern in that, then I would like to know. But I think ultimately, most importantly, I would want to know that what do you think after dating me for a certain amount of time, what do you think I stand for? What do you think my values are? Because mm, I like that. Nowadays, all I wonder about is, am I showing to the world? Is it aligned with my values? And is that clear? Is that loud and clear to people who meet me? Because if my exes can't pinpoint what my values were, that shows where the problem was. I like that. Or also just like, how would you describe me? Because I would want to know if the way that yeah. someone described me was in line with how I've saw myself for better or for worse. I think that would be really interesting. Mm -hmm. I know when I was in the thick of dating, though, and I had trouble like getting past that third date mm-hmm. i probably would have been like why didn't you move forward yeah and looking back in retrospect i think i wasn't fully ready for a relationship and maybe that came off on dates and i didn't see it i just remember i'd be curious to ask this guy not that it matters in any way but there was one person i dated for just a little like it wasn't anything super long and he was a few years older than me, but significantly more mature. And I remember like talking about, you know, going out and doing all this stuff. And he was just kind of like, okay, you know, and then he sent me that text like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really see this going anywhere. Oh, so I always thought it was because I kind of came off immature. And you know, maybe he just wasn't the right fit for me. Probably clearly at that stage, definitely not. But the best part is years later, it was 4th of July weekend. And I was going to a park and they wouldn't let you bring like bottles in uh-huh so I you buried the bottles no, i remember i like chugged some champagne in the parking oh lot gosh. of the grocery store with my friends we like couldn't bring it forward oh my god i he turned around by. and he was <laughs> there and i was like of course <laughs> that's who's here in this moment <laughs> And he's like, yep. Dodged a bullet. <laughs> Not much has changed. And he probably went home and told all his friends, yeah. remember that girl? Yeah. That- <laughs> he's probably like, I was right. I thought you were going to say, because you know how people in San Francisco before music festivals, they go the day before and bury alcohol throughout the park, No, like for outside lands. It's a thing because alcohol is so expensive. (laughs) You can't bring anything in. So people bury them before the concerts start. And then they, you know, once they're in, they just have to remember. I just I thought you were going to say he caught you burying alcohol. I don't know. They're both equally up there. (laughs) That's equally as bad. That's pretty damn bad. Yeah, but you're right. Who knows, though? Like, you're thinking that he might have thought that. Maybe Maybe he he was like, maybe maybe he was like, she's really conservative. 
<laughs> or maybe he just met someone else. That's the other part is you never know when you're falling in. You never know. Remember the infamous person that ghosted me that you found on Bumble? I think about him all the time. <laughs> UA set up her fake profile, found him. I'm still shocked you found him. I've never been more invested. <laughs> like it was not even someone I went out on a date with. I was so invested in this guy. <laughs> But now we realize through heavy stocking that he is engaged to someone that he probably met actually before me, you know? It was the same girl, was, yeah. Yeah, it was someone that he met before me. So you just don't know where people are at. Like, maybe you're taking a break. Like, you can just can't compete with that, right? Ugh, I know. Like, I took it so personally, right? Well, of course you took it personally because you had such a great date. You thought there was a great connection. You were physically very attracted to him. So it didn't make sense why he would make plans for a date and then just completely ghost in communication. But I get it. Like, sometimes, I hate to admit this, but sometimes we are other people's fluffers yeah. for blossoming relationships. You don't know. Think about it as, like, you're paying it forward because yes. you allow them to see how much they right. truly like this other person. And I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy for him, right? He ended up with who he was meant to be. Yes. I ended up with who I was meant to be. Yes. It all worked out. It worked out. Okay, here's a good one that we got from Instagram. Mm. Did you think of me before you cheated and decide to go <gasps> through with it? Or was I just not on your radar? Oh, damn. Uh, that would have been a good one. That one came with knives. It's like... <laughs> Stab, stab, stab. Yeah, Wait, okay. here's a good one. Did you ever figure out why I left you at the airport? <gasps> <laughs> this is like a ghoster. <laughs> oh, wow. We should do a, an episode oh with, with these two. I know. I love this. This person just sent us the name of the person that you left at the airport. We'll have them on the next season <laughs> and we'll get you as one of the people that talks about them. <laughs> Hey, casting call right now. Were you left at the airport? <laughs> DM us now to be on our show. You know who I'd love to interview? This is a throwback to early season. We had one of our friends on that was on a date with someone. They went to a corn dog festival at like a yeah. food trucks. The guy yeah. left to go to the bathroom. Right. And he never came back. The bathroom bail. The infamous bathroom bailer. I'd love to hear what was going on in his mind. We do have his name. We could make this happen. <laughs> Should text him. Be like, hey, I know it's been like 10 years, but. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm still stuck in the bathroom at the corndog festival. <laughs> well, he did text her to say that he went home. So pretty sure. Oh, that's right. Okay. Pretty fine. sure he is long gone. There's probably like 20 people he did that to. <laughs> that could be a whole season. <laughs> Here's an interesting one. Why did she ruin a good thing? FYI, she keeps trying to get me back. Yeah. Okay. That one is pretty deep. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that could be also a theme on Exit Interview where the yeah. on again, off again relationship and why the person just can't stick around. Yeah, that's a good one. I've been there. Yes, you have. I feel like I don't know this person's scenario clearly, but it probably has more to do with her than it has to do with him if she's trying to get him back still. For sure. It's probably something sure. blocking her in some way. 
Yeah. We also got one that just said, I've moved on. Don't care what my ex has to say. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Dunk, dunk, snap, snap. (laughs) Here's a nice one, a nice sentimental one. What good things they've picked up, learned, or taken with them from the past relationship experience. That's very sweet. So sweet. That's the opposite of the spectrum. Yeah. On the nice spectrum. And then the last one I'll read today is, what's my worst feature for the sake of bettering myself? It's kind of aligned with yours of what's annoying about me kind of the same i don't know i hope oh feature though i just like yeah features bad personal (laughs) yeah i feel like i wouldn't ask what's annoying about me i just don't want to know you wouldn't want to (laughs) know i'm not ready for the feedback I would much prefer that one than what feature do yeah, feature. you not like about? <laughs> I don't want my ex to be like, your left eye yeah. really fucking annoying. Yeah, I would not want to do that. Oh, my God. So many things. Do you think any of your exes or people you've dated, doesn't have to be an ex, would ever do the ex interview? Let's say hypothetically you had a casting agency like we did. Mm-hmm. Call up your ex and be like, UA Shu is doing this thing called the exit interview. Would you help her out and give the feedback? What do you think your exes would do? I think all of them would politely decline. <laughs> they just would. I think all of my exes have moved on. So that's <laughs> the positive. But I just tend to like personalities that don't like much attention. Yeah. And they would hate to be on a show and have their voices recorded. Oh my God, it'd be horrendous. It'd be horrendous. My current partner would never do it. No, he. Uh, yeah, I can never, never see him doing never. it. He's never going to be nope. on this podcast. Sorry, guys. Nope. Nope. <laughs> UA's probably not either. Hell no. <laughs> nope. And then my ex, the one from the UK, would never do it. My most serious ex would do it in a heartbeat. I know. He's been dying to be on the show for years. On, on the show. <laughs> because ironically, I've never met the guy. I know. I've never I know. spoken still to the guy. so weird. I actually, there was a brief thought that I had. And I was like, this is a bad idea. I had a brief thought. I haven't talked to him in over a year. Mm. I was like, would it be kind of interesting if UA did an exit interview with him and I wasn't on? But then I'm like, no. Yeah. It would be interesting, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he would totally do it. But the question then is, what are you trying to get out of it? Nothing. Like, I think you already know know. why it ended. (laughs) I think it's more for him. Like, does he want to get the exit? I do the exit interview with you for him to listen to. That might be more helpful. I know. I was like, there's no good that could come out of this besides opening a can of worms. (laughs) Other than, yeah, maybe entertainment value for our listeners, but not for your own mental health. Sorry, sorry, all. I care about you deeply, but there's only so far I can go. When we were interviewing Vince and Eureka from the one that got away on Amazon, and he was saying that they brought people from his past without him knowing so that they basically scoured his Instagram and Facebook to see who's commented, who's liked his pictures, and then reach out to these women and said, hey, do you want to be on this show? So I think that actually would be a more funny experiment. Funny, as in funny for other people to listen to, is if we surprise you with the quote-unquote exes well yeah you know versus like you telling us who we talk to we choose them for you it's like when you get (laughs) reviews at work right when you give the people oh there's a better chance they're gonna say something nice than if people pick some people at random could be more interesting could be that ex that you didn't want us to call (laughs) right the ex you or like the one you ghosted and you forgot about yeah yeah that would be good 
on that show, remember, there was one girl that had a guy come through what they called the portal. That's how they came through. Still most underrated <laughs> reality TV show ever. You and I it were so very good. into that. We were like texting nonstop. We're like, we're bitching the whole thing. Obsessed. Anyways, do you remember the one where the guy came out and was like, hey, and she was like, I have no idea who you are. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. It was so awkward. Like, She's like, hey. Who are you? Yeah. He's like, Wait. study hall in college. You don't remember me? <laughs> like, what? I feel like that happened to a few of oh, yeah. them. Well, one of our guests, Kyle, he was kind of a rando for the person that was on the one that got away. They met at a conference. Yeah. But yeah. ironically, as we talked to people from Kyle's background, he met a lot of people from conferences. <laughs> I know. That was his way. So he's just like, yeah, this is totally normal. The girl's like, who are you again? <laughs> I know. Okay, before we keep going into this, let's hold that thought for a quick break. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the high love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
buy rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Before we get into how we made the show kind of like behind the scenes, all the shit that went down. Yeah. I want to ask you, Julie, if we were to interview your exes, what do you think is the number one piece of feedback they would give you? What do you think Mm. all of your exes combined would say? The one common theme. All of them combined. Yeah. I feel like this is so hard because I feel like the person I was at different stages is so different. So I'll say that. Mm. But I think probably the one overarching was maybe to have more trust in them that I would feel like I would get anxious and feel like they wouldn't follow through with things when they really did. That definitely was a recurring theme and I'm not sure if they felt it. I'm just saying that I'd be curious if they felt it because yeah I remember being like oh my god is this date happening is it doing it and they would just be like yeah I'll see you tomorrow at this time like it was no big deal so I feel like there were a few moments and that's something I've had to work through in my dating life in general I think maybe my exes that were more serious would have caught on that I was feeling that way like past dates and stuff probably they didn't see me frantically sweating it out but I'm curious if they would have of taking notice to that. Mm, yeah, that's good. What about you? I know, again, projecting because we don't know, <laughs> but I know <laughs> that they would all say that I live my life too independently to a fault where I don't mm. consider their lives when making decisions. I could see that. And I can see a pattern where every relationship I've been in, I've made some major life choice or decision without them. And they either had to get on board or (laughs) get off this UA train. And that's kind of why a lot of these relationships didn't work out. So this current relationship has taught me that I have to account for someone else's life and well-being when making these life decisions. Yep, it's the only See? child syndrome sneaking through. <laughs> yeah, it is. And just, you know, the product of being independent and single for so long that yeah. you just, you're like, wait, this is my life. <laughs> like, why do I have to think about someone else? <laughs> I feel like I'm guilty of that sometimes too. You know, even my current partner has called me out before of don't let your alarm go off 20 times because I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> or can you let me know when you're recording so I can use the bathroom? You know, <laughs> Wait, explain to people why that is, because it might, people might be like, wait, he can't use the bathroom. The way my recording is set up and I live in a one bed, one bath. So there's one bath. There's not many other options to go to. The recording area is right in front of the bathroom. And is this long term sustainable? Probably not. But most of the time, he's not here. Julie, I know what I'm getting you for your 40th birthday, a porta potty to go on your balcony <laughs> so that we no longer have to run into this problem. I told he can he can't go to the bathroom as he pleases. Freedom. I mean, honestly, all he asked was that I share my Google Calendar with him so he knows our recording <laughs> schedule. And I'm like, easy enough. But it's stuff like that that sometimes I it's you're right. It's like you've been single for a while. Yeah. You don't think about that. And it's an easy ask. But that's what I mean by like feedback is continuous through your relationship. And the art of giving it is something that both of us had to learn of how do each of us operate, how do we deliver that feedback in a way 
way that helps the relationship, makes the person want to do the feedback or politely say no. What we learn from therapy mm-hmm. is you can say no to the feedback. You don't always have to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's a lifelong skill, that's for sure. That's why we need a second season. <laughs> so, <laughs> so valid. hints. <laughs> okay, so we also asked you, what are your burning questions for us when it comes to exit interview? So Kate asked, what's the juiciest thing that came out of an exit interview? Juiciest? What do you think is the juiciest? Ooh. I still think the upgrade to first class one was <laughs> like, maybe not juicy, but ridiculous. I kind of feel like Tia's, I don't want to give too much away, but the exit interview like reconnected with her with someone. Oh, yes. That's pretty juicy. Yes. We were not that expecting that when they revealed it. We were just like, wait. What? Like you're back in touch because of us? That's pretty juicy. Yes. And Kyle also had a reconnection. Yes. Yes. With someone too after the show. Yeah, maybe that's the juiciest. Were there more exes asked for feedback and not aired? Oh, yeah. (laughs) There were, I would say it was not too many exes as much. There was one that we had to cut just because there were too many people. And that was sad because we did want all their feedback. That was in Justin's. He had a lot of friends give feedback. Yeah. But I think the only ones that were really cut is if we didn't have enough exes to round it out. Right. Like if we had a person that was there, like there was one guy, remember, we talked to a really very vibrant person. Remember the one that like they met at like a Green Day concert? Do you remember this? Yeah. That's another like behind the scenes is there were some oh, of yeah. the... Oh, yeah, because there were so many there recordings. Were so many. So sometimes <laughs> I did them solo. Sometimes UA did them solo. I always wondered if people could tell because <laughs> when I'm listening to it, I'm like, I've been asking a lot of questions, you know, and where's UA? Right. Oh, she wasn't right. there, right? So that's kind of a behind the scenes. But we didn't air a couple when we just couldn't get enough of a story, right? Or there weren't enough people or... True. They only only had exes that were very minimal information or someone from they were just like, yeah, they're a great person. It's like, OK, what are we going to do? Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Well, part of the exit interview process is like flying a plane while building it because we have to interview the exes yeah. in order to get the story. And if we don't get a story, then we can't go on with the episode. Right. And if we don't have enough to fill that hour, then that's an episode we have to scrap. So that has happened, but not too often. There was one guy, made me think of it, that we really wanted to pursue because he really wanted to find love. And yeah, he seemed like, you know, someone that was interesting. He refused to use data gaps. Absolutely refused. Yeah. And he went on like one or two dates a year. And it just you could pull from that. So it it did actually make me appreciate dating apps. And I know like people are still skeptical, but I'm also like, yeah, you can leave it to fate, but you might be waiting for a long time. Like why not do both? Why not use all the tools at your disposal? It's hard. That's what you want. I feel like you're kind of just getting in your own way by not doing something that's so prominent in today's world. I know. We really wanted to find the exes for him. And for some others who did make it to the final cut is that their more significant exes didn't want to be on the show. Yeah. Yep. And that's always going to be a product of making a show is Mm -hmm. that it's still got to have entertainment value. And some people just don't want to 
aired their dirty laundry. Someone else asked, when is the next season coming? And then uh, <laughs> another ready. person asked, how can we be on the show? Well, all very fabulous questions that we hope to answer for you very soon. You know what will help us is if you go to Exit Interview on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> leave a five-star rating, and then in the body of your reviews, ask these questions. Yes. When is the next season coming? How can I be on the show? Unlike Dateable, where we have full control, iHeart has full control of Exit Interview. So it's up to them whether they want to fund a second season, which I hope they do. When does the next season start? (laughs) Good question, Randy. We're hoping very soon. (laughs) Thanks, Randy. (laughs) (laughs) How did we find the participants? How did we source our guests? I want to give a major shout out to Abby and Katya, who we had for a bit of it. But Abby was our producer, and I'm still so amazed by her. She was just like the jack of all trades or the Jill of all trades, whatever you want to call it. She was just, you know, in there. She's messaging people. She found Anchi, which was a really great episode. This is the one that left someone behind in first class. That was his major ex. And honestly, he left. Yes, he left her first class. Yes. It left her in economy when he upgraded himself in first class. And he claims he doesn't remember. Yes. But that was such a pivotal part getting her on the episode. If we didn't have her, it would not have yes. made the story. We might have had to scrap that one. And it was such a good one. She went on LinkedIn to find this girl. Yes. She was at freaking Asia and she called in. <laughs> She found every which way you can stalk an ex. She was able to get a guest. (laughs) So this was a process. I would say this was probably the most difficult part of the entire thing. I mean, there were a lot of difficult parts, but this was probably the most time intensive that we did not account for the right time. You all don't know that the exit interview was supposed to launch a little earlier than it actually did. It's all good. March was a good time for it to launch. But a big part of the delay was casting. We started off with a casting agency, which I still don't know if was the right call. Let's not forget the first step was how we were sold on this project was we don't have to do anything but just to show up for the recordings (laughs) because there was going to be a casting agency casting for all these people. And in the first round, this casting agency sent us like 50 people on this list. And we're like, whoa, it's going to be awesome. As we went through the list, maybe like one or two really fit the show. And the other people just wanted to be, I don't know, quote unquote, famous on a reality TV show, which I don't know. I don't know how that happens if you never show your face. But still, like this is what happens when you put out casting calls. Right. You're like getting to the people who are influencers or wannabe actors, etc. Yeah, it was. They're not like really trying to get feedback here. They just want exposure. Yeah. So we scrapped that pretty fast, but then had to go pretty (laughs) grassroots on the casting process. Yeah. And there were a few people that came in through the casting agency. So I don't want to say it was a total bust, but there were a lot of people that were not the right fit. But we did actually pull some from our dateable audience. So that was really great. I wonder if people can guess who were the ones pulled from the dateable audience. I bet people can. (laughs) if you're in our community, you see them commenting sometimes. (laughs) They were fabulous. Yes, we had a few that were from Dateable. And then this was a fun one. We had Deborah was actually someone that gave feedback to Chris. And then she's like, hey, I could do this. And we're like, great. And then she was a new subject. So it kind of was a snowball of that one. Mm -hmm. I feel like Justin and Tia, somehow Abby got connected to in the wilds. Like they were some 
networking connection or something. Yeah, there were a few. It was very interesting how it all played out. But honestly, if I was to look at the original list we got compared to how we netted out, I think we netted out so much better. Yeah. The diversity of people, the introspection of people. Just the willingness to learn was so much better than I think what we would have gotten if it was purely people that wanted to be quote unquote famous. In our initial pitch to iHeart, we had to do this whole presentation with a deck. We came out with these personas of ideal storylines that we wanted to pursue. So the casting agency took that and tried to find people who fit the mold. So, of course, we wanted a reformed fuckboy. <laughs> we wanted someone who was a single parent. You know, there's there were these personas that we were really looking for, but... What is so magical about who we found in the final season was that some of them were not on our persona list. But when we met them, we're like, damn, we didn't think of this one. This is good. Like, this is really good. Some of them were. We did have a reform fuckboy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. We have a reform fuckboy. Like someone on a boyfriend track. That's a great persona. Oh, my God. So it just shows that there's so much more. But I do think what sold this show to iHeart was the diversity of personas we wanted to pursue to make it very relatable that, you know, everyone's going through this no matter who you are. Yeah, you are definitely not alone. I think there's something in everyone too that people can relate to with their own dating lives. Yeah. And maybe even the people that don't strike you as the original people you thought would be yeah. more encompassing. I know I learned from some of the folks that on paper didn't appear that we had anything in common. Right. But I took some stuff away from it. So I think it's a really great exercise, not just to listen because it's awesome, but to listen to all of them because it will help your dating life. <laughs> then one last question. How can I be a guest if there's a second season? <laughs> well, I'm glad that people want to be guests because this was half the battle. So this is very exciting. Right. Well, we knew this too. With any reality show, you got to have an inaugural season so people can prove that this is doable and it's not that scary. And then yeah. you no longer have to source people. They just come to you. We hope that that is what will happen. <laughs> with our second season. Anything else that didn't air? We've definitely had some people turn off their cameras and change their names. So yes, yes. Still to this day, some of these exes, I have no, no idea. idea what they look like and <laughs> what their real name is. We had a few change names. Yep. We've had some no shows. And those a lot of no shows. Oh, my fun. God. <laughs> You ain't going to be like, we're here. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Every time it's just, uh, it's a crapshoot. You're like, hey, maybe this person will show up and maybe they won't. <laughs> I think the best one, you were not there for this one, UA. But the guy that I was talking to, his camera was like in his nose. Like so oh, like a terrible angle. And he like, was talking hello. forever. We didn't even end up airing it because we couldn't get it. And he was saying some kind of brutal stuff. Of all the ones... <laughs> I do want to give a shout out to our team, too. We had Sam Martin and Jennifer Jacobs. So Sam was from Frolic, which is our network we've been with. They're the ones that we worked with with iHeart. Mm -hmm. And she was a producer as well. And then Jen Jacobs was the editor. And like I mentioned, Abby was our producer, the kind of one running the whole show. And then we also had Katya for a bit. And I think some of my favorite times was when we just all met to talk about you know, like, <laughs> what are we going to do here? We had a lot of strategy sessions, but UA and I were like, it's fun to work with a team. It's fun to 
see everyone come alive and get as excited and invested as we are because we have a little bit of a team now on Datable. I don't want to say we don't. We have a great editor, Stefan, and we have Janice <laughs> who helps with sounding board and moderation. So we do have some team, but in the production, like it was fun to have those folks. Not to mention all female team. Yes, yes. Very badass female team with very strong skill set all across the board. That was just so empowering to be part of. And also just like Jen with the post-production magic, each episode went through, <sighs> we think, six, seven rounds of edits. Yeah. And she would have to do shit like, can you can you add a reaction here? <laughs> because there's so much silence. So she would take a uh-huh from anywhere else in the interview and shift it around. That's how these episodes get made because what you hear in real time There is a lot of dead air. There's just a lot of like trying to figure out what the point of the story is. Yeah. But we had a limit to how long each episode could be. So Jen had to cut everything very succinctly and fit it all in and add in those reactions whenever relevant. So damn. Yeah. She's a magician. Just for the record, though, we did not change the story with that. It was more just just that. I mean, we recorded for an hour and a half and we had to get it down at under an hour. That was the guideline. So there was at least 30 minutes that had to get cut. So the way it flowed originally might not be the way it does because of that. I think that's like actually a good behind the scenes that you and I talked about this. We would be exhausted after doing these episodes because it's different than dateable where we just talk, especially the episode we're doing now. This is not draining to either of us. It's very easy. It just feels like you and I are having a convo right now. Mm -hmm. But when we were doing these, we have to analyze. There was a lot of brain power that was happening because we had an idea of where the story was, but not fully. Yeah. Until you're in it, you're hearing the feedback, you're hearing the other side of the story. We did hear like some of the feedback, obviously, ahead of time as we talked to the exes and past dates, whoever. So we had an idea, but we didn't know the other side of it until we talked to the person. Mm -hmm. And also, we had never met the main person until that recording. Right. So we were kind of trying to get a vibe of them and figure out what was holding them back even outside of the feedback we got to fill in the story. Because a lot of times, I think this is something that was really difficult, but what I would say makes you and I maybe the right people for this job is that you have to read between the lines sometimes. Mm -hmm. What people say is part of it, clearly, but there's a lot of meaning. And then you also have to recognize patterns. Just hearing one person be like, oh, that person was annoying. Like, that doesn't do anything. Right. What is it, you know, that's the underarching thing that actually is going to impact this data? That was hard. Yeah. This is also why we did video, because a lot of it is nonverbal communication. Yes. Someone could be like, I'm totally fine and look like they're about yeah. to cry. <laughs> like, wait, your face is telling me a different story. Why is that? This is why this whole experiment and project is so nuanced. Mm-hmm. What you hear is such a beautifully, cleanly packaged 12 episode series, but it was a very messy story finding process in it all. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know the dater. We didn't meet the dater till after we met their exes. So she and I would have already an image of who this person was. Yeah. And then we meet them. And a lot of times they kind of surprised us. Yeah. It's just so fun. It's so fun to be on the side of it. We're so happy that we were able to sell this series to iHeart. We really hope for a second season, but we also hope to take this to other formats like TV. <laughs> it would be a great TV show. 
I learned so much from doing this. I really think we could not have done it without the seven years of doing Dateable. Mm. We would have been floundering. We would not have been able to pick up on it. I feel like, what was it, Tia's with the cool girl? We immediately do. We're just like, yep, we know what's going on. Yeah. We've seen this before. Diagnosed. (laughs) Some of them weren't as easy to diagnose, but she, like, there was a lot that we could pull from past Dateable. Yeah learnings, understanding, talking to all of the experts, talking to all the thousands of daters we've talked to. So thank you all for helping indirectly create this because without you <laughs> listening to Dateable, we would never have been able to do this. We got to thank our original exit interview subject, Jason, who did the yes, who did the episode on Dateable that inspired this whole series. Thank you for making that episode so wonderful that we've been using it nonstop as a pitch for our exit interview. And Jason has agreed to come back, right? For Oh, Jason's ready. Anytime. Yeah, part two. We should have him on next exit interview. The <laughs> exit, exit interview. <laughs> I love that we're volunteering, Jason. But Jason is a moderator in our Facebook group. He's one of the hosts in our sounding board community. We changed Jason's life. Yes. <laughs> so the exit interview is life changing. Honestly, though, we gave him confidence and half the battle in dating is having the confidence and getting out of your own way. We always say that. Like we said, there was no like character flaw or something inherently right. wrong with any of the daters that we talked to. It was simply perceptions, misconceptions. And all of the like. But also have to hand it to Jason for being open to feedback. If you're not open, then who cares? Who cares about listening to all of this? All of our daters, all of the folks. All of yes. We'll give them a shout out. All of them were just so, so open, so willing, such great people to have part of this experiment. Thank you all for being part of this. Thank you to our team at Frolic, our team at iHeart. Thank you to our team at uh, Little Scorpion Productions. We couldn't have done this without you. Thank you to everyone who's listened. If you have not yet, we'll say this again, binge (laughs) the seasons. Only 12 episodes. It goes by really fast. You can get it done in a weekend. It's wonderful listening. I've had so many of my married friends hooked on this show. Yes, It's for everyone. (laughs) Because I I feel like married people reminisce about their old flames quite a bit. And they're like, ah, this is bringing up memories for me. So it's for everyone. You don't have to be single or in a relationship to like this show. And we are really begging you to please give us a rating review for Exit Interview and for Dateable. But right now it's critical for Exit Interview because this is, again, when iHeart will reevaluate if there's a second season. Of course, we love to help out more of you, get more of you on the show. So ask for that second season through rating and reviews. That is the loudest you can speak to iHeart right now. Yes. And we could really use your help to galvanize around it. Yeah. And if you've already binged all of Exit Interview, interview of course you go back again there's always new tidbits that you pick up but you can also go listen to the og exit interview season eight episode one it's called exit interview with jason (laughs) very hard very hard to find Fabulous. Well, we appreciate all of your feedback. Oh, see, just a, we appreciate your feedback too. <laughs> and your reviews, you can always reach us by DMing us on Instagram at Datable Podcast or by emailing us hello at datablepodcast.com. We are still continue with Datable and Brunch Talk every Wednesday and every Sunday. So 
that's not stopping. But why not add a third show to our plate? Let's just keep Exit Interview going. Keep Let's it going. Do it. Keep it going. Okay. Well, hope you enjoyed this special episode and we'll see you next week. And in true dateable fashion, we're going to wrap up this episode. Stay dateable. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Media Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Dateable Podcast and visit datablepodcast.com for access to all the episodes and our premium programs. Also, make sure to subscribe today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform so you are the first to get all the latest episodes. And most importantly, stay dateable. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 